This is the Endless Ranters Podcast. Podcast. Good evening, Endless Ranters. Welcome back for episode 143 of your Endless Ranters podcast. Thanks for listening, watching, and subscribing. We truly appreciate the support. My name is Chris. I'm one of your hosts for this evening. The one and only Robbie Spotlight is back again. What up, Robbie? What's up, everybody? How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. And as you noticed, uh, Quana and Manny are taking the night off. They got plans. I think I remember they got good plans, I think, uh, but we have better plans because we've got a special guest host. I'm going to call it guest host because uh, he'll be very uh, <laughs> picking some of the topics so we don't have to tonight. It's Russ. Howdy, everyone. Russ is from the Two Grumpy Bastards podcast. You've seen him before. Uh, I think he's joined us at least a couple of times before. Yep. Kinda, we've done a couple of crossovers. Yeah. To mm-hmm. educate us on uh, things. So, yeah, Two Grumpy Bastards pop two grumpy bastards podcast uh been a little hiatus but i heard uh, good things coming back soon yep uh coop and i have been talking and uh we are expecting within the week to bring the bastards back nice cool the bastards are back in town i think he's coop is holding uh holding uh off uh i think for a new like he's working on a deal like maybe a raise from you or something I don't know. He needs a raise. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, he, he's going to be in for a shock because I he got was a holdout. <laughs> he was a free agent holdout. Yeah. 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 There you go. Hate when that happens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm anxious to hear what his cover story is uh, because I'm sure he was off somewhere, uh, you know, defeating the new face, face of Al Qaeda or something. Exactly. Like that. Yep. So, so Coop, uh, will, uh, Coop will reveal all when we return. Yeah, oh, looking, man. Looking forward. Cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> so for tonight, we don't have too much other than the whole world to discuss. Uh, we're going to drill down on all the crazy stuff that's going on around the world with Russ. Uh, talk about World War Three. <laughs> I was just saying, I said to Rob, I was like, I'm just going to say World War Three and let Russ go on, go for a couple hours. I probably could. <laughs> <laughs> Look, ju- just gonna, Russ is going to, yeah, Russ is also going to tell us why everything's going to be okay. <laughs> Um, you know, if you need a second uh, military expert, I'm I'm also uh, somewhat of a military expert. Um, I've got a, a few fun facts. Uh, World War One and oh. two. Let me give you the first one. Let me give you. Did, did you know that tanks had genders? Did you know that um, at the beginning of the war? This is a World War One beginning uh, WW1 uh, at, uh, tanks were grouped according to their gender. So this wouldn't fly today. The male tanks had cannons uh, attached while the female carried machine guns. Uh, the prototype tank was named Little Willie. Does that sound accurate? Do you know? Have you heard about that? I, I have not heard about that. They both sound that like males. They would all be considered trans tanks. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I need someone to fact check me. So if they both sound like tanks to me. They both had guns. I thought there was going to one was going to like a pull like a like some kind of like a uh, carrier behind it that you just put things into yeah exactly like that I a bunch of men <laughs> that you put a bunch of men into like uh, that would no. be the feet the female like the yeah anyway. I, I do know the first tanks they didn't mass them together the way they do today they tried to use them in individual spots 
and use them as breach weapons for the infantry. And they thought the tanks were of limited use. Sure. Okay. Plus, I'm sure they were crazy expensive at first. And it was like, hey, boss, uh, I think what we should do is have 10 tanks with this unit. Like, oh, well, you're going to get one. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Crazy well, and expensive. They, they just didn't know what to do with them. It'd be like, you know, handing folks today a bunch of phasers or a Klingon Warbird or something. Yeah. But yeah, we learn. We learn. Klingon Bird of Prey. Sorry, Trekkies. It's the Romulan Warbird. I remember back in like the first Gulf War days, like there was just all like if you watch 2020 or Nightline, all it was just all day. Like they were showing those Abrams tanks. If I'm uh, hopefully I'm getting it right. It was like an M something just like going like 55 miles an hour and like flying over desert berms and shooting in the air. <laughs> like I'm sure I'm sure that's probably not the best practice is like going full speed, jumping a de- like a sand berm. But shooting on the flight and yeah, then sh- and then firing around while you're in the air. <laughs> But they would do it. It works. And it, yeah. it's I was a high school senior when the first Gulf War kicked off. And so like most teenagers back then, I didn't have a clue as to what it was about mm-hmm. or what was it was mm-hmm. like. Looking back, the first Gulf War, it was almost as if somebody said, hey, the United States needs to have a war. Design one for yourself. I mean, it was tailor made for us to kick the enemy's ass. Uh, everything yeah. from the tank and the standoff. You know what standoff range is? On the tank, the the Iraqis T seventy two could reach out to about twenty three hundred meters. Oh, um, the M one A one can reach out and touch you at four thousand meters. Um, which in a desert, when you can see that far, is great. It's like the the old little rascals cartoon of the bully holding Spanky out while Spanky's swinging and can't hit him. So we could reach out and touch the Iraqis, and they couldn't even get close. Oh, okay. That's like as close as uh, Alaska is to Russia. Well, can you see it from your house? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So last week we were talking a little bit about, uh, I don't know. I was like, I don't, I don't remember what I was talking about last week. I I know I started talking about country music and patriotism and like the, I don't know if we talked about it much, but that's a subject that kind of talked about like, how do you explain some of these things to your, to young children? Because like, I remember growing up with a very, I mean, my dad was Korean. My mom was, uh, you know, like just you know, American white woman, whatever. But super patriotic. Usually, both, you see the both. opposite of that. Usually, you see the Korean both. woman and the white dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, it's a different story. Like my dad yeah. came over here, during, like I guess as the Korean War was ending, he came over here and stayed and like kind of was adopted by a family, American family. You know, and they just li- then just lived in the Carol like in North Carolina for several years, and they moved to Maryland. I spent one tour in South Korea in not ninety nine and two thousand. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, but like, how do you explain these things? My dad was like super patriotic. Like <laughs> he listened to conservative talk radio. You know. Well, what yeah, I've discovered I, is, yeah, usually if you are, if you've lived somewhere else. For an extended period of time, or you visited another nation outside of the tourist areas, yeah, you tend to gain a much greater appreciation for the United States. I've I've been to I believe fourteen different countries, and I've never encountered one uh, quite like the United States. I've encountered a couple that are close. Um, Australia is close, Germany is close, but they still don't mm. even quite match up. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Well, I. My experience was uh, when I was about, I was 19 or 20, and I I just decided I was going to backpack in Europe one summer. 
by myself mm-hmm. and bought a plane ticket like through a travel agent by myself, you know, by myself yeah. and like bought bought a URL pass somehow like through a travel agent, you know, so I could just ride on the train. Like this is back before there was internet really. Uh, you just had to do all the stuff and have like a, a thing mailed to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But I remember like, you know, at that point, like I was, you know, I was young and stupid and uh, rebellious and, you know, kind of questioning all the stuff that, you know, was rammed down my throat, like patriotism and all that kind of thing. And I was like, I'm going to go over there. And it was part of it. It was also like uh, at that point, I hadn't really had a lot of challenges in my life. So, you know, like physical challenges. So I was like, I want to put myself in a, in a situation where like, I don't have any help. <laughs> You know, because I want to put myself in a situation that's opposite of what I am today, which is like completely, you know, hampered, cushioned, you know, I wouldn't say pampered, but like I had a like, you know, safety net for sure. You know, like not a gilded one, but a safety net. So I did that and, you know, with kind of like negative feelings. But then, man, when I was there, I was like, man, this, this, this whole place is really inconvenient. You know, like, you gotta, <laughs> yeah. like they don't have like, they don't have shit here. You know, like you got a get a long way to get stuff here. Like, like I'm, I'm like the things you're just used to having, like at any point, like uh, just, I'm not talking about luxury. I'm talking about things just being close to you. Yep. Like a lumber, like a, like a hardware store or like a convenience store, a gas station, grocery market, like just being close to you. And it's like, oh no. Yeah. Like this is not, this whole, this place is not designed for that. Maybe, you know, probably more so now, but. Um. Yeah. No. Not at all. So outside of the the patriotic- I came back. I just came back loving. I just came back so uh, loving the United States so much. You know. So outside I really of the great appreciation. Outside of the patriotic freedom things. There's other things like you were mentioning. I mean, free refills. They don't do that in Europe. Yeah. I mean, free refills <laughs> is a thing here. Yeah. Yeah. You That's know, a good point. By the gallon, as opposed to by the little itty bitty bottle, like a liter. Yeah. Uh, what, how about me? I go to, you know, I used to go a lot to, you know, Guatemala, visit family and uh, public restrooms. You don't find you. You'll find them. They even have like restrooms where you can go and pay to use the restroom. Yeah. And as soon as you, 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 you know, pay your, you know, buck or whatever, they'll give you, they'll hand you a couple of um, a little bit of toilet paper. Here you go. And if you want some more, you have to pay extra. And the paper's not that great, you know. The toilets aren't great either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you miss. I think those I would appreciate as an adult. I'd appreciate that more that like someone had to like, you know, like come out of pocket a little bit to use this restroom for me. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Not some you know hobo. Mm-hmm. But at, when I was backpacking and experiencing that, I was like, man, this is a real hardship. You know, because I got to have coins. <laughs> yeah. I'm on limited funds here, so I got to pay to have a you know pay to take a dump. It's kind of rough, but yeah, they have weird bathroom things over there overseas, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, there's a nicer, finer things as well. Sure. But um, you don't see it as much as the United States. Um, Another thing that I miss is like even public transportation, like you can drive it anywhere, right? Driving. But if you want to take the train or a bus or whatever, I'd rather just drive, uh, because of safety issues, mm-hmm. you know, um, oh, I don't, yeah, 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 I don't need to really worry about too much safety here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't, the, in order, I think the three worst countries that I've driven in, number three was South Korea, 
um, <laughs> where you can fit they fit uh, five lanes into tra- of traffic into four lanes. The exits don't make sense, and I've seen guys riding down the sidewalk with a moped and a refrigerator on the back. Um, <laughs> number two was Saudi Arabia, because, um, well, a couple of things. They the way that they learn to drive in Saudi Arabia is not within the lane. They learn to drive by the the dotted line down the road. You put that in the middle of your car, and that's how you drive. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> you know if if your turn is up there a little ways, it's no problem for you to come back and drive half a mile back the wrong way on the road. Um, so that's a little bit, you know, heart in, you know, going to do some palpitations. Yeah. But yeah. the number one worst place I've ever seen traffic in my entire life was Manila. And what I had to do after the first time I was there was sit in the back and go to sleep because, and pretend like nothing's going on around me because the guy up there is driving. I guess he knows how to do stuff, but mm-hmm. Manila is, I mean, like if you went over in the lane, you don't look over and just kind of merge over. You beep and you go. And if there's a car in that spot, that's yeah. too bad for that car. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll fit, they'll fit eight lanes of traffic into four lanes and it's going, you know, 80 miles an hour. It's cool and- how those systems work though. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously they probably have a lot more accidents than we do, but like, for the most, you know, at the same time, most people still just make it through that because they're just on guard all the time. Yeah, most people make it through. There was the time we were going up to a place near Cabana Tuan where some bus and some motorcycle got into a fight and the bus won. <laughs> yeah. What was left on the sidewalk of the of the motorcycle rider looked like a watermelon or after you smash a <laughs> watermelon. Well, you know, Yeah. I just saw this uh, video. I forget where, but it it just came up on my YouTube today where this car, I think, was being chased by the police and it it hits another car and then it hits a pedestrian and it hits this brick building, like a two story building. And then the the, the building, for the most part, collapses on top of both cars. It's in in the United States. But man, that must have been a hard impact or the house must have been not that great quality either. It looked like an old little brick house. I saw yeah. a, I saw an impact video today where they did a car hitting. I don't know if it was a steel pole or something. They did demonstrations between twenty, either twenty or thirty miles an hour, up to two hundred and fifty miles an hour. It's interesting to see what what happens to the car at those speeds. Yeah. Okay. Is yeah, the one yeah, you yeah. saw in Baltimore, Rob? Was that what you're it, it looked like it looked like it would be Baltimore? Oh I think yeah, it might yeah. be. Well, I think it was. I saw that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. the car got t-boned and then went into a building, and that building was already had already been condemned. It had a graffiti oh, okay. all over. It just fell down. So and a like, pedestrian also got condemned. Yeah, yeah, and a pedestrian got killed also with all the debris that came down on them. It's you know pretty sad. They'll be able to gentrify that area a little bit cheaper now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some of the demo work's already done. Yeah. 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 That's rough. Yeah. But back. So, um, yeah. So like patriotism, like I, I, uh, really it's, I guess it's, it, maybe it's always been that way. Like you're trying to figure out how to explain that to your kids, like, uh, why, you know, like, it, but now it's more about ideals, like the ideals that the country's built on letting a little bit less about like what we're up to. You know, well, mm-hmm. I, I actually do take some time to explain to my daughters what what American exceptionalism is. And it's different than yeah, just, cool. hey, I yeah. was born here. So therefore, we're awesome. 
Mm-hmm. I, I talk about the system of rugged individualism, private property rights, uh, the ability to engage how you can't how economic freedom and personal freedom are intertwined and it's axiomatic that you can't have one without the other, mostly so they understand it. That's one issue. And then the other ones that my daughters hate, my, my oldest hates, my youngest hasn't grown to hate it yet, but she will, is the uh, I ingrain in my daughters the three rules in life to not be poor. Um, and they can recite it to you <laughs> my heart, which is finish high school, don't have babies until you're married, and get and keep a job, any job. You do that, 95% yeah. of the people who do that will not be poor. I, all I gotta do is look at my daughter and say the three rules and she rolls her eyes. Dad, it's this, this, this. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, one of the rules that I'm going to give my, for my daughter is do not date one of those guys that does, um, heroin, you know, the, uh, sideshows, uh, you know, the, the donuts in the middle of the street. Oh, yeah, please don't date one of those. Oh yeah. 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 Well, my, my daughter today explained that she will not go out with a guy with that has uh, greasy hair, dirty hands, or who smells. <laughs> that's pretty. That's good. That's good. That's those some good values to instill. So yeah, so yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Like talk about like the things that are special about America that uh, I think kind of get forgotten. Yeah, this whole free speech and like other countries, free speech is not a thing. Like that's not like. There's nothing in their laws that says it's, you know, these things come from God or the creator or anything like that. It's just uh free speech is basically just what this committee says it is that, you know, even places that we thought were free. I mean, mm-hmm. they arrest people in Britain. Now, if you silently pray outside of an abortion clinic and in Canada, they can throw, throw you in jail for not using someone's preferred pronouns. They can mm-hmm. compel mm-hmm. speech. And it truly is what Ronald Reagan said, which is, if we lose freedom in the United States, there is nowhere to go. There's nowhere to flee to. We're yeah. it. That's a good point. Yeah, I guess that's, uh, you know, if you're looking to for things, you got to really stay positive about it. It's all of that. Um, I guess it's, and to me, it's like in this uh, right now, my son, uh, it comes up because my son is asking me about Ukraine. <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> he's just like, what's what's going on is uh who's winning he's that's that's his question who's winning yeah right i'm like well how much time it's complicated you got? <laughs> how much time you got because this is uh and it's like I, I really do i really try to like be very thorough and explain things to my son you know it, it's his agent like uh as uh real as i can you know so i don't want to just be a bunch of fluff I'm like oh these guys are bad these guys are good and mm-hmm. that i'm so i'm trying to explain it and it's uh it gets pretty uh just keeps going another layer, like another deeper layer, another deeper layer of, uh, of that. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. And so, and then, so you're trying to like talk about the exceptionalism, the things that we've done that have been so that are that make us so special, but then it's like, we're also doing some stuff. That's like, man, this is like, this is kind of what all the assholes do too. You know, like, yeah, this is not so special about us, but you know, I don't know. You try to be, you try to, you know, there are different schools of thought as far as, you know, foreign policy and, you know, like what, what we should be trying to do out there in the world to keep Americans safe, you know, and sometimes that's instigating maybe, you know, there's some people seems to be some people out there that sometimes think that it's better for our long-term interest to like instigate others to fight and 
maybe we get involved and that's what's happening now, I guess. I think the key is to remember that we got it's got to be what is in America's interest. That's that should be what guides our foreign policy, not some Wilsonian BS ideal that, you know, hey, it sounds good on paper, but it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. benefit the United States. We still live in a tribal world, even if we call those tribes nations. And we need to do what's best for America. And then we can look to the rest of the world. Now, a lot of stuff, you know, decimating the Russian military without spilling a drop of American blood is probably pretty good for the United States. Yeah. Assuming <clears throat> that there's some kind of off ramp because you can't, I mean, Russia may have a second rate military that sucks, but they've also still got about 20,000 nuclear warheads. And, you know, that's going to have to come into play at some point. Yeah. I also think that like, you're also, you know, the people there in their country are not, you know, a bunch of like, you know, millennials, right. They're kind of like, they're getting aggravated. And when they get aggravated, they're not just, you know, some of them are, you know, want to go against their government or, or Putin, whatever, but most of them are that just kind of build support for their regime. Yeah, we got to remember so. the, the Russians have never backed out of a war where they haven't lost at least half a million people right now. They've yeah. lost about a hundred to 140,000, I think. Yeah. That goes to something else, like how it's being framed in, in Western headlines. Cause every, you know, just, you know, I'm a serial news reader. So I, you know, I'm, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it seems like it's five to one, 10 to one, maybe even like where it's like every headline is, really seems really like negative for Russia, like all the troops they've lost and how much they're running out of tanks and they can't build, you know? Um, but then there's another, but then like, there's that, the one I'm talking about, the one article is like, Oh, the Russians just took this area back. <laughs> yeah. Well, the- like, hold on here. I thought they were losing and now, you're, but then this one here says they basically just, uh, you know, had a, had a pretty good week, you know? Yeah. They, they took about 20, between 20 and 25% of Ukraine, and they've lost about a third of it back to the Ukrainians. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Ukrainians fighting within their own territory is fine. If they enter Russian territory or they decide that they're going to try to take back Crimea, which Russia considers part of Russia now, mm-hmm. um, that's where the Russian military doctrine is based on a concept called escalate to de-escalate. You know, you do something that's going to make the world, you know, basically gasp mm-hmm. in the hopes that they back down. And that would possibly be the use of a tactical battlefield nuclear weapon. Um, if they do that, the world's going to hold its collective breath for a few minutes. Because if this was a conventional fight, I mean, Russia is trying to fight World War II style stuff. I mean, there's their logistical supply trains suck. Their communication sucks. They can't coordinate their artillery. Their tanks are no match. Um, in a conventional fight, they're horrible. Uh, they took a lot of the territory at the beginning because the Ukrainians were not as prepared as they should have been, and they weren't getting the weapons from us until later, which there are a couple of ancillary side benefits to our participation in Ukraine, one of which is the ability to practice logistics in real time for real war. We're actually practicing how to resupply without having to resupply our own troops. And the other, on a geopolitical level, is the message it's sending to China, because First of all, I don't think Putin goes into Ukraine if Joe Biden doesn't bend over and decide to take us out of Afghanistan in the way that he did. That's a whole other conversation. It's very complex about how we could have done that a lot better. But he thought we weren't going to do anything. And I think that if Putin had taken Ukraine right off the bat within the first month or two, I think we'd already be looking at China having gone into Taiwan. And whether we like it or not, if China goes into Taiwan, that is World War III. 
Yeah, that'll be uh that's some that's some that's just like ultimate stratego or chess or whatever with that because it's uh China just I don't know part of their strategy is like they don't really they don't really like they just want to wait till the time is right to make it easy like so they don't really want to do it at a time where they may have to fight they'll just they can just they'll just buy their time so I don't know uh, there's a, there's a but, few there's a few things weighing into China one of which is because of the one maybe, child, maybe policy, they can't bide their time. Yeah, they're, they maybe they're on borrowed time. Yeah, but because of the one child policy and the demographic collapse due to the preference for male children, I mean, they've got millions more men than they do women. So if they lose a couple million folks, yeah. I don't know if it's that bad a thing for for she. Uh, well, to go back to like to you know Russia's strategy and and they have something in common with China. It's like when you when your country and your populace and like you you control the media and you really don't have to worry about the mm-hmm. loss of human life. Like that's a, that's a hell of an advantage to have when like, you're just like, eh, you know, what's another 50,000 troops. Whereas like us as Americans, it's like, you know, one, one, two, yeah. three, like, a th- like, you know, they start talking in like the thousands. It's like, Oh shit. That's like that. That's going to start every nightly news broadcast. Like, well, uh, imagine how we'd react to the battle of bull run today where they, you know, or even, or oh, yeah. later in the civil war, when you lost 10,000 yeah. soldiers on each side, in a yeah. day yeah they still have kind of an old school mentality and uh we don't nope. or doesn't or the pup the the Public population life. doesn't yeah yeah <laughs> you know our, our commanders may you know may have a different feeling if the shit really went down but yeah that's just like one of our major disadvantages that we have to like we have to care or pretend to care at least or well i've always uh, wondered how capable a uh, free market democracy with access to 24-7 news cycles is capable of fighting a war that is not one of survival um, yeah. for an extended period of time. I don't know that we can do it for an extended period of time. And we've only fought two wars of survival in our existence. That was World War II and the Civil War. Beyond that, they haven't been existential threats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, the, the, the thing is weird, too, because I don't know that I think we think of this in terms of, you know, I'm just speaking for myself because I, I, I kind of try to be honest with where my head goes. And like, we start to think of this as like a, a classic war where Russia wants to take Ukraine and make Ukraine Russia. But I don't know that they really, you know, like to them, it's not that distinct or it's not that uh, black and white for them. It's like, no, we just want to kind of like, have a bigger say in their politics. Like, of course, we don't really, we have no problem with there being a Ukraine, but, you know, of these border areas, we'd like to have that. You know, we'd like to have those, we'd like to feel better with more buffer. Um, But I don't know. Or it's like, they're just trying to send a message like, don't, don't become a NATO. Don't become a member of NATO. Don't become a NATO of the year, whatever the European union or whatever it might be. Like what Russia wants in the end is not, but you know, maybe politically control of Ukraine, but they don't really want to like destroy Ukraine. Like well, we're we're more willing to have more. We're like we are more willing to have casualties there than I think they are. I, I think there's two things in play. The first is that Putin does want to rebuild the old Soviet Union. He was part of the KGB when the Soviet Union was was a thing, and I think that he feels that loss of pride and international respect. You always got to be growing. I, you always got to be growing. You know, like. Yeah. You know, never feels good to shrink, right? And the second thing that you touched on briefly 
when you talked about the buffers is the Russian mindset is always based on paranoia brought on by two main events, the invasion of uh, Napoleon uh, around 1812 and the uh, invasion by Germany in the summer of 1941. So their whole foreign policy, I mean, that's what the Warsaw Pact was. It wasn't because they wanted to conquer these nations. They wanted a buffer between their hostile adversaries and the Russian ma- the Russian motherland. So they, they've, their paranoia almost led to the outbreak of World War III in 1983 when we uh, went through a military exercise called Able Archer, where it was the Soviets thought it was a cover for starting World War III, and they almost attacked into Western Germany as a result. We didn't find it out in about 15 years. But <clears throat> they're all paranoid about everybody's going to come in and take them over, despite the fact that the land they are on is not the most desirable on the on the planet. Uh, actually, Russ, you just reminded me, uh, summer of 1948, one not my favorite brian adams song but um <laughs> a little fun fact about paranoia uh in america suspicion of the germans was so high that even uh, the german shepherd dogs were killed did you know that um it's messed up yeah the names uh frankfurters hamburgers sauerkraut <laughs> and, uh, like he couldn't know yeah. hot dog. They were all changed to American names. So freedom, German, like freedom fries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You see how re- uh, history repeats itself. Um, yeah. yeah. So a little fun, another fun fact. A fun Thank fact I posted today. This is on, this is slightly veering off topic, but because you yeah. mentioned the German shepherds was at the beginning of the COVID <laughs> crisis. The UK briefly contemplated killing all the cats in the country. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I see. It. Yeah, yeah. Have been vectors of disease. Yeah. Well, it's from a, I, I, yeah, Time I, magazine. I think yep. that was just some dude in the office was like, watch me, like, watch me. I'm going to really like Mary, Mary and Elizabeth, they're going to freak out. Watch yeah. this. He was like, a dog guy. Hey, I think that cats are a danger. We should kill all the cats for COVID. Like, <laughs> like, oh my God. Just wow. kidding. Just kidding. People would have thought we were really back at the black death. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the, yeah. <laughs> they kill. What did they kill? Yeah. All the cats and dogs where they kill the cats. And then the rats just took over and it got worse. Oh, yeah. So the human race almost went extinct due to its own stupidity. <laughs> yeah. like Because the, they were like, those cats sure do look evil. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, let me put my, all because my cats are some back cat, on. All because of some yeah. cats aren't very friendly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Some cats are nice, but some cats, you know, won't give you the time of day. It's like, kill them all. So, but what about like, are Ukrainians like, it's a it's a weird area though, right? Because it's it's a it's an area that is like like we've had turmoil in our country, you know, but once, you know, and there's a conflict, but over territory or who's part of what country in our in our civil war, but like for them, like that area of the world has just been um the bad neighborhood. Uh, yeah, just a lot of people always passing through, trying to like this is oh like setting up shop thinking i hey, we like to control this area this is pretty good like good you know um, like russia may not be great no one wants to take over russia but like it sure seems like a lot of people would like to take over ukraine and us included you know we got ukraine and poland right in the middle between russia and germany yeah not, not the safest of neighborhoods in the world yeah. yeah i was trying to like as my son and i were talking i was kind of thinking about like that's just that's where the border is like at some point <laughs> for us you know i don't know if it's the american experience at least like at somewhere there's a border 
Like at all times, there's a very important border going on, maybe multiple, you know, that's maybe like the border between uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan or whatever it was, the border between Iraq and Kuwait, uh, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Well, (laughs) South Korea, Ukraine and Russia. Like we just keep like the border has to be somewhere and then something has to be fought at that spot. Not our own borders, of course. Yeah. The, the problem is that Americans like nice, clean lines on maps. It gives that it allows them the delusion that the world is an orderly place. That's like a Western get, thing, right? That's like a you know, like a Western civilization type of yeah, but a lot of the world, despite the fact that we have borders on our globes we can point to, the borders don't really exist. They're familial, they're tribal, but we like to point to them because we could say, Oh, it lets me sleep at night that they're there's borders in the world and you know the world yeah. has order. That's like a natural part. It's just a part of the human condition, I think, that civilizations evolve to have territory, to have lines, to have clear rules, things that are always like we love predictable, like mm-hmm. and borders and all these rules that we keep like allowing to be heaped on us, you know. It's crazy, but it may it we it we think it makes our life more predictable. So we accept all these crazy rules and laws on us, you know. Well, I find it funny that the human race, when and when we're out, when we're in our own bubble, we like predictable, but we're dealing with an, a completely unpredictable species. I mean, you're predictable because but when you know what you want, but somebody else who wants something else, that's completely unpredictable. Yeah. So we're trying to merge two worlds here. There's a line from uh, what Men in Black, the first one. A person is smart. You know, people, people are, are stupid. stupid. People are stupid. Mm, mm, mm. Good, a good movie. Good movie. Yeah, there's certain Before lines from movies like that. That just like certain lines. Like man, the first movie. I was like, oh yeah, I'm never, I'm never gonna forget that. <laughs> yep. But like Ukrainians yeah. and Russians are like, are they? There's another part that maybe we don't understand that like some people in that area it's like a it's like a sliding scale of like it it's not you're american or you're canadian like it's kind of like there's like a weird sliding scale in there where it's like some people might kind of feel like they're both you mm-hmm. know or like the whole like Zelensky or whatever like i don't know i think it's true that he spoke russian like he was born in ukraine he's ukrainian but he's he grew up speaking russian but I don't think it's that, you know, maybe it's not that far off from Ukrainian, but when he became president, he had to kind of learn Ukrainian or kind of learn, you know, to start speaking a little bit differently, which I don't, again, it's not, it's not English and Spanish and that kind of thing, but it's, you know, it's just kind of part of that culture in that area is, uh, yeah, your national identity is not like, is kind of a, maybe not even a normal thing in that area and to have a national identity like we do. The allegiances are different, too, because you got to remember when Germany invaded uh, the Soviet Union in 41, the Ukrainians originally welcomed them as liberators. Like, oh, the Russians were oppressing, were oppressing us. The Soviets were oppressing us. And now here come our German liberators, which yeah. worked great right up until the point when the Nazis decided to start setting up death camps and shooting Ukrainians by the hundreds. Yeah. It's something for Americans, at least, like that. Um. Yeah, you know, Rob, you know, he's kind of has he's he's multicultural, really, like he's lived in two different countries and kind of experiences things more. But for like Americans like myself, like that, I never experienced things like Rob did, at least to be exposed to different things when you were younger. I guess maybe a little bit because my parent, my dad and my stepmom were Korean, but like we don't understand, like we don't appreciate that, like, like 
we've had very clear loyalties and as Americans are our whole, like, yeah, we were British and we, we were part of the British, whatever. And then we broke from them. So they were very clear enemies, you know, with clear mm-hmm. allies. And then, uh, but in other parts of the world, yeah, it's just very, um, it's, it's not, it's not like a nation. Like we think of it's, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure how to explain it. You know? Well, if you ever, if you ever want to see the concept of dual loyalties in the United States, Go to a United States Mexico World Cup soccer qualifier in Los Angeles or Dallas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, can well, I give also, you guys? White white fans don't make a lot of noise either. <laughs> no. It's like they're just like, yeah. Hey, these uh, have you tasted the pizza? Uh, the pizza is excellent here. <laughs> it's uh, a good value. I mean, all yeah. Mexican guys are like you know like have maracas <laughs> and shit. You know. Yeah, the vuvuzela. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like these wings are pretty hot. You know? <laughs> yeah, this is Budweiser. But Budweiser, they do say it better. <laughs> Budweiser. Uh, another fun fact that uh, Russ uh, uh, reminded me: Liberator. It's the name of uh, also uh, uh, a sex furniture uh, wedge kind of pillow type of furniture. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's called. I don't yeah. know why, but it's called a Liberator. It's ironic because it was uh, created by Germans, I'm sure. You're gonna have to find out the function of a Liberator. You can't just go with that's <laughs> leave us hanging. I, you know, look it up. It's, I don't uh, think so. Function, function. It's there's a function. You, it's um, it's a <laughs> I'll look it up function. from somebody else's computer. I ain't gonna do it from my own. <laughs> yeah, the ladies they can look it up. They they know what they know what I'm talking about. Rob, yeah. keep springing some fun packs on us. I'll yeah. be right back. All right, all right, Russ. Back back to my fun facts. Did you know that? Also, uh, World War One, women's skin turned yellow. Uh, in uh, the skin of many of the women that working uh, that were working uh, during the war, uh, it was because of t- the TNT. Right, it turned their skin yellow as a result, as they suffered through, uh, I guess, a toxic jaundice. Right, so that's what happens. Right, because of uh, the the toxic. Jaundice, yeah, if your if your body can't remove the bilirubin. Your skin and your eyes will turn yellow. Oh shoot! Now, can you, do you know? Can can you uh, can you kind of cleanse that out? Does it? You know, well, as long as you're away, if you're away from it and you have a normal functioning liver, yeah. yes, it will. It will remove itself if your liver stops working, or if you are a child with a condition called biliary atresia, then your wow. liver is not working, and you will reach toxic bilirubin levels that can start to suffocate your brain. So that would require a liver transplant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if okay. you're away from it long enough, and as long as everything's working, it will eventually flush out of your system. Okay. All right. Or if you buy one of those Herbal Life teas, I'm, you know, I'm sure if you drink enough tea, right? As if, only if it's green tea, because <laughs> green and yellow makes blue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was I was hanging with a Marine buddy of mine today uh, from work. Hey, you told me about. You texted me that you're with him. So what's going on with him? Yeah, I don't know. Um, sometimes he listens. I don't think he, he's he's uh, watching live right now. But uh, yeah, you know, he uh, he was uh, Marines. But then he after afterwards, he joined the Air Force, which, you know, people do. Right. Sometimes they I've known a few folks who the folks I've seen went Air Force to Army. I don't think I've ever seen anybody go Marines to Air uh, Force. Uh, I think he he did Marines and Air, Air Force. Uh, from what I understand, he, you know, did, you know, he was a helicopter mechanic. I'm not exactly, we don't really talk, we don't really sit 
and talk war. I'm not like a fan. Him, he, he didn't tell you what his favorite flavor of crayon was. <laughs> he did not. He laughed. He he got a good chuckle. He goes, oh, I don't know where that came from that, you know, but I said, but that, you've heard of that. And he goes, yeah, I've heard of that. Uh, but he did not. Yes. Yeah, so one one of the things crayon. we always give the Marines a hard time about is them eating crayons. And then they give us a hard time about us not being tough enough. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then we all give them the Air Force a hard, hard time about their deployments involve butlers, slippers, and a chocolate fountain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Russ, my uh, my nephew was accepted into West Point. Awesome. Congratulations. Is that, is that good? That's exceptional, yes. Okay, excellent. All right. He- now, the, only, the only thing he's going to have to work, watch out for is when he goes to his officer basic course uh, after West Point. A lot of the folks that got in trouble were West Pointers because they were so restricted at the point that when they finally got out of the point, they were the ones to go wild at their first. <laughs> hmm. Oh, I don't know. I think he uh, he also was sponsored or something. Whatever he uh, he's holding out for the Naval Academy. Sorry, hmm. he likes <laughs> boats. He likes. Well, he likes I, in, I think his he goal likes, he wants to be a doctor. So he's I thought he liked to be in big, long, hard tubes full of semen. <laughs> <laughs> I think his he he really wants to be a doctor, so he's kind of looking at like kind of looking at, at that. Who's going to let him go to medical school? Yeah, yeah. Who's what's the fastest route to medical school? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he'll, ha- he'll have to give some time to the, the navy or the yeah, army. Whoever lets without him go. with the least chance of like having to learn in Fallujah or something. You know. <laughs> I never went to West Point. I got my scholarship through. Uh, I got my commission through ROTC with the mighty yeah. App State Mountaineers. He's a great kid. I mean, he's just exceptional at everything. So it's like, uh, you have to be to get into surprising. West Point. Yeah. It's not surprising. Yeah. Just one of those kind of, one of those kind of kids. So everybody might give him, might give him a hard time, but West Point is West Point is as selective as places like Vanderbilt or Duke. It's, yeah. it's hard to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So you had some fun facts there, Rob. Yeah. You use them all up. Did you? No, 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 no. I've got okay. more. I mean, if you guys right. want, I, I've got to uh, think I've got some World War II. You did facts. some research today. Yeah, Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did you know, I got to come prepared. I mean, so I didn't we... do. I already knew these facts. Yeah, that's the ticket. He already, he already knew all these things. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't print yeah. them out. I didn't look them up. They were they were just ingrained knowledge. <laughs> need a refresher. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> he had a bookmark. So, you know, <laughs> well, I, yeah, I didn't use just... my work computer to, you know, print all this out. Just to show you how big a dork I am. Um, my second date with my wife, uh, went to her place, her and her best friend were there and we all had, we had dinner and then we played a game of trivial pursuit afterwards. Mm-hmm. My wife has refused to play me in trivial pursuit ever since. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm um, a, j- j- just don't mess with me. Are you a like, sore winner? <laughs> yeah. When it comes to like movies, that's, you know, I don't know. That's all I know. Movies. I got some new, some movie knowledge too. Oh, you know what? I, I I don't. We've talked before, but um, this is what I wanted to kind of pick your brain about. You 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 and uh, Coop, you guys like sci-fi, right? You guys talk sci-fi yes, as well. We love it. Yeah. So, what would you think, uh, in your opinion, would be the most realistic, not war movie, but sort of sci-fi war movie? What you know? Yeah. What do you think? What kind of stands out to you? Um. See, it's that's hard in sci-fi because sci-fi always deals with phys- concepts of physics and stuff that mm. we aren't quite there on. 
Yeah. Um, or it may be impossible. I mean, all the faster than light travel is not supposed to be theoretically realistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or uh, what about uh, this? Well, more like this... the life of the soldier in mm-hmm. science fiction. I, I'm just, I don't even know if these would rank, but like I'm thinking about the newer Battlestar Galactica, which that, is kind that of that one was, like those. That one probably, I can tell you which one was one of the least realistic. Yeah. Um, and that was uh, Starship Troopers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everybody watches it for the shower scene, and that's great. But the oh, rest yeah. of it, there's no, they had no concept yeah, yeah. of combined yeah. arms. They had no concept of support and maneuver. It, mm-hmm. but again, this is. They had some sweet slogans, though. I mean, they, they all said really funny, awesome things as they raced into battle. But this is yeah. why this is why my friends don't like watching anything even remotely related to the military with me because I'm like, that's wrong, that's wrong. Yeah. We wouldn't do it like that. <laughs> and my my mantra to some of my other friends have been, you know, put me in the world of The Walking Dead or Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And I'll rule it with an iron fist because I watched those things and boy, do their tactics suck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yeah. Any halfway competent, even partially trained soldier could take over one of those groups and they would wipe out the other forces in days. But then yeah. you'd have to leave because it's the groups that make you weak and like make you stupid <laughs> and make you start doing really stupid things. <laughs> Well, you just have to leave because the shows end up getting so bad that you that you leave. Yeah, again. that too. That too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that show, Walking Dead, it's it's gonna have more spinoffs. Yeah, but it it got I don't know, it got really. I'm still annoyed that they did not have Rick Grimes come back for the actual show itself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I thought he would be back the, at least the last episode. You know what they should have done, and this is the snob and Mick talking is. The last scene, you have one of the Civic Republic helicopters land. Mm-hmm. Rick and Michonne get out. There's the happy reunion. They say, where have you been? He says, well, it's a long story. And then it fades off into the, the sky. And that's yeah. how you start the Rick and Michonne series. Yeah, yeah. I don't appreciate when they don't. I don't appreciate entertainment without happy endings. I agree. Because, like, what's your problem? You know, director, writer, producer. What's your problem? Like, well, they're trying I, you know, to be like, deep. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. I didn't. That's I'm not. You know, like I like deep, but then at the very end, like the last ten seconds, give me everybody lived and everybody's yeah, yeah. happy. Yeah, you know and what I mean. That's the way. It should, I mean, my my mantra when I write is there's some stuff that I write. Some of my novels they get pretty dark at times, mm-hmm. but I always say you have to have a dark story to justify the ending, and the yeah. ending needs to be bright. And most people want happy endings, but most directors and things that. They want to have this gritty, you know, kind of, I can show sure. you how deep I can think ending. And I'm just not into that. If, if I want a crappy world, I'm going to look outside. When yeah. I know my stories, I want to escape. Yeah. I thought it was like, at first they did it and it was like, it was kind of novel because it's like, oh, well, well, what? Oh, wow. How, what a novel ending where the good, the, the couple dies or, you know, like, they, you know, it's like Romeo, you know, whatever. Like, oh, wow. oh, wow. Now it's like every other movie. Yeah. You know, where it's like, what was it? Six cents. Yeah. Like where, oh, he's just dead. Oh, that's really clever. That's uh, really also, pretty, you know, it's pretty, pretty sad. <laughs> well, what, what about the, what do you guys think about this ending? You guys have seen uh, no country for old men, right? I have not. Uh, I have, okay. but I think I really only watched that movie one who, time. Yeah. I know mm-hmm. who's in it, but I haven't ever seen it. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, that one's got an ending where my parents saw it. I, I was like, I was excited to to show them the movie. And then after watching the movie, my brother said uh, he texted him. He goes, "Yeah, they they didn't like it because in the end, um, you know, it didn't turn out how they wanted it. But it it, it gave you one of those endings where this could have happened. Like this person could have taken the money, but was it this person? I don't know. Make up your own conclusion." You know, that was one of those. Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. No, I paid you to con- make a conclusion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I really hate yeah. that. I think one of the, yeah. like, the, was it like uh, the last, uh, what was the day of the Soldado or whatever? What was that? Oh, Sicario? Um, like the, yeah. I forget the it second one. It wasn't the yeah. first one, but it was the second one yeah. that ended like that. Yeah, it was just soldier, like, man, yeah. screw you. Like, Did I you ever, any of y'all ever see the movie The Good Son? Uh, yeah, yes. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Macaulay Culkin right after Home Alone and stuff. That's mm-hmm. the first one of the. That's one of the first movies I saw where it didn't have the happy ending because she ended up dropping her son off a cliff at the end and he got washed out. <laughs> kind of messed me up a little bit. Oh shoot, I, was... I forgot that part. So she dr- drops the actual son. Well, because she's holding on to uh, both, Macaulay Culkin and uh, Elijah the, Wood, the one that played in Lord of the Rings. And oh one yeah, of the yeah, yeah, Elijah, Elijah Wood, Elijah Wood, yeah, yeah, Frodo. And, uh, yeah. He's like. And because Macaulay Culkin had tried to push the mom off the cliff uh-huh. and Elijah was like, I'm slipping. I can't hold on. And Macaulay Culkin's like, I love you, mom. And she yeah. just looks at him and says, I'm sorry. And she drops him and pulls uh-huh. Elijah Wood up and you see his body on the rocks. And then here comes the waves in and washes it, his body back out. And I just walked out. I was like, damn, that kind of that kind of messed me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, nowadays you know you're kind just of like, oh, I saw that. That yeah, that was on uh, NBC News last night. You know, <laughs> crazy mom in Virginia. You know, decided to drown her kids. Yeah. Well, speaking of crazy moms, you know, you know what messed me up also, and I mean, this is more of a, it's not much of a manly movie, but remember the hand that rocks the cradle, and it's the morning. Rep- hey, yeah, she was. Oh man, right? but at least but, you know what happened there. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, but no, yeah. but she's she's at one point she's breastfeeding the 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 woman's daughter the 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 baby that she's taking care of i'm like dude like i don't know i would have been mad i mean i was mad watching the movie and i was like 15 nowadays you'd be mad but believe it or not they actually did used to have wet nurses in towns because not every woman could breastfeed but but she she did against like you know behind her form a bond yeah yeah exactly there you go trying to form that bond yeah yeah oh i got mad (laughs) What was there was a movie there was a movie that was based on a book maybe and it was like the yeah. it, was a, it was a soldier yeah it was a, it was a soldier it was like a young woman that was betrayed the soldier goes off to war it's like uh, for some reason but then like at the end the soldier dies and I was like what the what the f-? I remember watching it with my wife I was like Man, what like <laughs> It was the fr- that was the turning uh, to me. I, I'll, I'll try to remember what the what it was called. It was like uh, there was some you, famous. You described a lot of soldiers' experience on deployment. Oh uh, yeah, it exactly. was like, yeah. man, I think it was um, probably World War One. Famous actress, maybe Dakota Fanning was the young daughter hmm. that told a secret, and uh, then the older sister is like waiting for the the soldier gets sent off to war. You see him in war. He's like a hero, but then he's yeah. injured at the end. And then you, you, you know, like they read all the letters and then whatever. And they, then the soldier just dies. It's like, oh, like they kind of had, it was like, it was the kind of the movie, like 10 years before that, that movie would have ended up with, uh, you know, some miraculous stroke of luck where the woman goes to, you know, 
goes to like a field and finds him, mm-hmm. you know, in the field of like thousands of other injured yeah. soldiers and finds him and they, and then they get married. I'm like, no, they just let him die off. And then I'm just like, Ugh. what the, and this yeah. is one of those long, really long ass movies too. It's like, it was a chick flick, you know? Well, spe- speaking of deployment and, and also walking dead, remember the, the very first and second episode, right? Rick, um, he goes into a coma. He wakes up from a coma. It, it's he's in a coma for about 30 days. Okay. A cut to um, uh, Shane, what Shane, his best Shane, friend. Yeah. Yeah. And he's over there sleeping with Rick's wife and she doesn't even wait for him. Not even like a month. I think, I think it's been like 30 days and she's already banging him in the woods. I think she assumed he was dead, but at the same time, you'd think that she'd grieve for just a little bit. Uh, yeah. You think, right. You would like that at least, you know, just grieve a little bit, you know, or at least pretend. Well, she I'm got watching. hers in the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah, it reminds me. Well, of the- I mean, it's di- it's not. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not like he, uh, he went out for cigarettes and didn't come back. It's <laughs> no, like he no. was in a he was in a coma. He and yeah, the, and the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the power went out, so it's safe to safe to assume, like you know. Yeah, but yeah, probably I would expect to expect her to, like see a body. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, you don't get to like go off with Shane until you see my body. Like uh-huh, see my yeah. corpse or see me as a zombie or something. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. They did have to retreat into the wilderness to avoid the, the hordes of zombies in Atlanta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, now granted you'd want to avoid hordes in Atlanta even today. Right now. <laughs> exactly. Well, the great part about that show, I, I, I don't know. I mean, they were basing it on comics, but they, the first season was basically like, uh, well, we have, you know, I don't know if a second season will ever come about. So mm-hmm, we can mm-hmm. kind of take, we don't, we don't really need to, you know, have a yeah. tight story. Well, the, yeah, and it's about the six episodes as well. I think. Well, Something the story like as the as the show evolved, yeah, it wasn't. Well, I tried to explain to my parents because they didn't want to watch it. They're like, I don't like zombies. I was like, I don't either. That wasn't what I was into at first. But yeah, it wasn't a show about zombies. It was a show mm-hmm. about humanity trying to survive and how it can be crappy in crappy situations. Yeah, I always describe it that way. Yeah, the zombies are slow. Not now. They're going to get fast. Because they need yeah. those ratings. They need those Believe ratings. Believe it or not, the Walking Dead comic book actually does have a happy ending. Uh, I've got the compend mm-hmm. two of the compendium books, but uh, I haven't, you know, finished them. Oh, yeah. So back to, to that, that original thing. It's like throw us like a heartwarming bone, and like, man, all your spinoffs will take off. But like the the yeah. your your tactic where it's like we're just leave everybody hanging all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that shit gets annoying. It's like it man, does. Yeah, it gets annoying. It, it, it's, twi- it's Twin Peaks syndrome. It's it's you know n- the cliffhanger never gets resolved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if y'all ever watched the the sci-fi show Babylon Five. Uh no, not really. Um, but the creator Michael J. Uh, J. Michael Straczynski said we can never go more than a season and a half without answering a major question. I mean, like yeah. it was a big question going in. It's mm-hmm. thought it was going to be the basis of the series, but what it did was they answered it at the beginning of the second season because it led into the larger story. It's like yeah. we can't leave people hanging because they'll eventually abandon us. A, yes. good sh- a good show really times those things right. Sometimes it's a season and they just re- every season just wraps up nice and tight. Um sometimes it's like I don't know, I think I think about the Breaking Bad was like so stressful. Like every episode was so stressful. Yeah. yeah. And they wouldn't wrap up every episode, but they'd wrap up every episode in the first five minutes of the next episode. Yeah. You know, so if you were binging it, it, it you know, and again, if you're binging, it, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, but binging yeah, just, 
just as a side note, I mean, binging is a nice thing nowadays with streaming and with recording. I remember back when I was a boy, um, and you know, you couldn't binge it when they ended on a cliffhanger. You waited three and a half months for the next show to come out. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the best cliffhanger of all time will always be uh, Star Trek Commander Riker standing on the bridge telling Worf to fire at the Borg ship, and it just says to be continued. And you had to wait three months to find out what the hell was going to happen. Yeah. Oh man, I remember like yeah, my when my wife and I met, we did not have a DVR. Like yeah, we, like yeah, so I I'm I'm old enough to remember like you'd watch TV shows religiously and there was no DVR, there was no like you pausing. Missed it, you or, missed like, it. Yeah, like yeah. if if someone like if you sat me in a room and like deprived me of sleep and food for 3 or 4 days and you, and I was like and you told me that never happened. Like you've never watched, enjoyed a TV show, a serial TV show weekly without a DVR. I'd be like, I'd be like, okay, I believe you because I cannot imagine like I watched Seinfeld every week, every week for years, you know, like that's why so many people tuned in to find out. That's why so many people tuned in to find out who shot Jr. Yeah, exactly. People tuned in for the final mash episode because you didn't know if you were ever going to see it again. I believe it, but it's like, it's almost hard to believe that, like, we dealt with that. We, like, we dealt with that, you know? We well, like, just accepted yeah. it as what it was. Yeah. Just, we wouldn't uh, put up with it today. Yeah. Then you kind of, and then, and then you kind of bring, snap it back to, wow, man, people just accept whatever is what it is, you know, like, you know, and then things change and just people just accept that. It was like no big deal. And we can be in a, we can be in a weird proxy war where we're supplying like the Ukrainians with all the weapons and intelligence and cash. Nice and, like, we're paying their uh, pensioners. Like we're paying for their health care. Like everybody, basically everybody in Ukraine has free health care for, because of us. And it's like, and, and they get free high Mars. What's a, what's that? The high Mars is a rocket system. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I've probably seen the initials of it. <laughs> But I mean, let's look at this like this. We are providing more in foreign aid, foreign defense aid to Ukraine than encompasses the entire Russian military budget. Yeah. And I guess we've already spent more than we did in Afghanistan or something like that. What, like, I, I'm not familiar. I don't know. That might be. I'm not familiar with that. Because we were just. Because it's always like that, right? You spend X amount on your first house, then your next house is a lot more. And it's like, well, yeah, we, we spent like. It was something like, uh, maybe it's not apples to apples, but something like we spent twenty billion in Afghanistan. You know, maybe because just things are cheaper, right? Like it's just. No, I mean it, it is pretty much a a crap hole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in Ukraine, it's already been like we're over a hundred billion or hundred thirteen billion or something like that. Yeah, have, and no one really knows because it's just funny. It, you know, yeah. Fact check me for sure, but it's not too hard to believe just because of the logistics involved and like the the higher stakes money involved. It's no longer the poppy trade we're talking about. We're talking about the trade of natural gas and wheat and oil. And yeah. Although I, I will say one of the things the last 10 to 15 years have taught me is that, and again, this, it sounds like braggadocio to those who aren't familiar with uh, geopolitics, but the United States truly is the world's only global power. Um, Russia and China. Russia couldn't even could barely deploy troops to Syria, and that was nearly in its backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, China 
doesn't really have enough rowboats to cross the Taiwan Strait. Yeah, right. someone said I heard something interesting the other day. Basically, China, yeah, they dominate like they're kicking ass in global trade, but all that global trade happens on the water, and it's the United States Navy that makes it all possible. Well, like, six, if if we just decided that you know Chinese ships or whatever were just not weren't worth the gas to protect, like it'd be a different world for them. Yeah, well, sixty percent of the world's economic traffic flows through the South China Sea, so it it benefits China to an extent to be a regional power, but. It's a matter of global reach, global logistics. Uh, it, and there's an old saying, and I'm sure y'all have heard it, that amateurs think tactics, professionals think logistics. You think through all the major wars throughout history, I would struggle to think of one where a war is won in a single, de- in a single decisive battle. Even Hannibal winning the Battle of Cannae uh, did not destroy the Roman Empire. I mean, it's the... The North didn't beat the South because Grant was a great tactician. They clubbed him to death with resources. Mm. When we beat the Germans, I mean, the Germans would blow up one of our tanks and another tank would come right behind it. It was it was our capacity that Yamamoto was afraid of. And we had, you know, we're lucky. We're, we've got Canada to our North, Mexico to our South, and we've got two great big oceans on either side of us. And yeah, then we've we got really these, are like, man. Yeah, Flying, flying fortresses that can take stuff everywhere. The United States Navy can take stuff everywhere. I mean, previous global superpowers, the only one I can really think of that was maybe global was the British Empire at its height, and again, because of its Navy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing I tell my son. I was just like, man, we are. Uh, I was just like, in the, in, the, in, the, in the relative to the world, you know, like, whatever it is, we are just blessed. You know, we are so lucky. And most people don't know it. <laughs> we are just so lucky, man. Mm-hmm. I tell him that we were talking, we were watching, he was watching videos, uh, maybe just last night. He was watching videos on YouTube and it was, um, he wanted to show me it was, uh, there's an invasive species of carp. Some kind of Japanese carp, but it goes, you know, it's like on the Mississippi, it gets into rivers, mm-hmm. lakes, whatnot. It's kills all the other species of fish. And he was watching these videos of like all the all the um, like wildlife people, whatever, all the money that Americans are pouring into like trying to destroy a species of fish. Mm-hmm. Like so we're just like inventing things to like put in the water, like shoot electricity, so that all these fish should jump out and die into a net. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, and I was like, isn't that incredible? He's like, yeah. He's, I was like, you know, in other parts of the world right now, like people are just starving to death. Like literally starving. And I was like, and we're, we're inventing machines and like inventions and like these devices to like mass kill an entire species of fish, mm-hmm. you know, because it's bony really because it's bony. Cause if it was meaty and like, you know, it's got good flavor meat, it's but it's good, like, yeah. it's, it's bony. So it's like, we just, you know, that's really not efficient to process and sell to people. So or like, you know, he talked about, like we talked about feral hogs, like in Florida and Texas, like there's areas where feral hogs just wreck people's landscapes. They're just trying to destroy them. Yeah. But they it's like, and they can't because they, they just keep pr- reproducing. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. there's other parts of the world. They're just like, Bacon. We, sure, we sure would love those hogs. <laughs> like that. You mean you have hogs that you can eat that won't stop breeding and reproducing no matter what you do. Like, even if it's a drought, they still reproduce like. And we can catch them and eat them. We're, and we're just busy trying to kill them all. Like, And then like, yeah, he said, and he was like, 
well, you know, Uncle Gary said that the big ones don't taste good. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you think? I was like, I don't think. Person. I was like, some people are like they're not real picky about the tenderness of their meat, you know, which I understand both sides. But I was like, I was just trying to like, you know, blow his mind a little bit, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. make him think about those types of things. Uh, and most perspective, people, as you often say, Russ. Yeah, and and most people won't understand it until they are in some yeah. kind of a situation of deprivation. Yeah, I would. I understood it. I think pretty early because my dad was just beating into my head all the time, like how he grew up and yeah, how they get water from a well. Like that was I mean, like part of his job was to go to a well and get water every day. And well, know. the reason, and, and this is a big thing in the South. I don't know how it is elsewhere, but you know, one of the reasons people used to have those big containers full of bacon grease was that's what they would cook with because they couldn't afford to buy grease to cook with, and they saved. You know, my grandparents, uh, especially my great grandparents, used to save tin foil. You know, hey, we can mm. we can reuse that because they lived yeah. through the depression, they lived through the the deprivation. So, <clears throat> you know, when you go without, you do learn to appreciate and take more care of stuff. You know, when when you are pampered or spoiled, you know, it takes a lot more effort to appreciate yeah. things. I think that was a real like I, I'm learning as I as I raise my kids, you know, as we raise our kids and I kind of like think back to my childhood and what I did at 11 and like try to compare those things. And yeah, I just, um, I do kind of, I worry. Yeah. Cause I, I've tried to instill like these, uh, some survival things in my kids and, you know, try to give them this perspective that my dad just kind of beat in my head all the time about well, you know, how lucky they are, but it's hard because it's like at the same time, like, like all the creature comforts they have. Well, it's a real push-pull. I mean, we we talk a lot about, or we hear a lot in the news about uh, privilege. You've got privilege. I mean, to be honest, don't we want our children to, to an extent, have privilege? Don't mm-hmm. we want them to have more than we had? Us sure, to make yeah. their lives better? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we want them to. Yeah, we want them to do that. It's like, a yeah, the battle is like, to we want them to have those things and also appreciate them. Like, yeah, and that's uh, hard. That's, that's exactly, really, yeah. yeah. Yep. So that's what just you just yell a lot, you know. Just, you know, when in doubt, start yelling. Yeah, but as I've discovered it, the, you know, I will bet you dollars to donuts, Chris, that that your your boy reacts differently to yelling than your girls do. Yeah, he's well. He's heard a lot. He's heard like six more years of yelling. <laughs> he's got mm. six more years under his belt. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm my girls are girls. yeah, yeah. My girls are one of them will crumble. I have to be very careful. And one of them is just like, you know, you don't talk to me like that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like what? My oldest is easy to snap back just with a one harsh tone. And yeah, my youngest will wilt. So I can't, yeah. I can't be the, you know, the yeller, especially not like my dad was. My dad definitely had some, some uh, tonage, uh, when we, when we had problems, um, yeah, but I can't do that to my girls. They, they will just collapse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of, one of my will, and then one is, uh, yeah, just, she's tr- starting to copy off the boy, the older boy and, uh, act like it doesn't, doesn't bother her and like talk back. And yeah, it's funny. My, my, uh, wife actually tells me that, uh, she, that sometimes, she thinks I'm hard on the, the eight-year-old. 
you know, the my stepkid. But I, I tell her, look, I have a buddy of mine, the Marine guy. He said he was afraid to when he had kids that he was going to have a boy because his dad used to be tough on him. And then he he felt afraid to have a boy because he was probably going to be tough on the boy, like like too Same. tough on the boy. Right. I was worried. So, to be honest, I was yeah. like, if I had a boy, I'd be too tough on him. Yeah. So um, and look, I'm I don't I feel like I'm I I tell her all the time. Look, he's gonna deal with the outside world. I'm not. I don't yell. Some I tell her. You know how Adam Carolla says that the dad usually has to do the hey hey. You know the like the hey. I'm gonna put the my foot bomb. down. Yeah, like hey, the, you know that tone. So that's kind of what I provide here. Um, I mean, he wasn't really raised with a male figure like that. So <clears throat> I guess that might be kind of like um, you know. A little boy, boy energy is a little bit different. I mean, with all that testosterone poisoning mm-hmm. we have, you, male energy can be creative or destructive, but it's how you channel it. And if you don't channel it with that, with that uh, kind of discipline you're talking about, mm-hmm. boys will become destructive and they'll turn into destructive men. So you yeah. you have to shape it. And su- depending on the boy, obviously, I don't know anything about your situation, but depending mm-hmm. on the boy, you might have to be a little bit more stern. I mean, I think it was uh, Steve Harvey that said that he raised his son completely different than he raised his daughters. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I I was I used to get I don't want to say I, I used to get beat, but you know, I, I used to get the belt. Um, but I I love my dad. I love my dad. I love my mom. My mom threw a wooden spoon at at straight at me, and it it hit the wall. It broke in half. But you know, I love my parents. Uh, maybe it it affected me subconsciously. I don't know. It was just this morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but um, obviously, yeah. for, I you know, he I don't plan on on spanking or like, you know whipping him, nothing like that. But you know, I I give him a talking to, and I get him, I get serious. I know it, I just disappointed Chris because no, I don't. To, no, I no, I I think it's a kids, you know, like I did for a period, but it's like. <sighs> As they get older, the each, each one, each, each kid is like a little bit different. Like with yep. one of my, you know, like you, some kids, like the just the threat of it is like just mm-hmm. devastating, and then some, it's like they're just like didn't even hurt. The way they just, the they, way they're, that they're just like they're like trembling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their lower lip is shaking, but they're just like didn't even hurt. I didn't even feel it. <laughs> uh-huh. The way yeah. that my mom kept my brother and I in line at the grocery store when we were little kids was she had the handle of the wooden spoon sticking out of her purse. <laughs> I don't know if Robbie's just hey, computer. Is Robbie? Maybe. No, I mean, my dad never hit me with a belt or anything, but he he did whack me with his hand. And I think I was more afraid of him yelling at me than anything else. Um, I mean, obviously, I love the man. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. But it's one of those where, you know, it the the mom was the daily disciplinarian. The dad was the atom bomb. That They went to dad and things got really bad, and he brought the hammer down. Yeah. Yeah. I try to put out like an overall energy that I w- I'm okay with my son emulating, which yeah. is, you know, it's, there's a time to get fired up. Sure. There's a yeah. time to laugh and joke around and play and be real sweet with, uh, you know, my girls and, you know, my wife and all that. And, and even him every, you know, you know, mm-hmm. maybe on his birthday, a little pat on the back, be like fond of you, son. I'm very <laughs> fond of you. Yeah, I I may love shake, you. We shake hands in the yeah. morning, you know, like as he part like have an excellent day at school, son. He says you know, I have some that. very some very definitive ideas on what I believe a man's responsibilities are. Yeah, I'm afraid I would have probably been too harsh on making sure the boy met that. 
the best way I can make my girls understand that is in the way that I treat their mother, I believe, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And then yeah. I want, cause I want them to find a man that takes those responsibilities and those roles seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah you you know, you're, I, you know, for the most part, you never know, but you know, for the most part, your girls are going to be attracted to, you know, a guy that kind of, uh, is similar to you, you know? Well, it's funny. As long as, that. as long as you like, if, unless you, well, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of complicated, but like, if you're, if you're like supportive and like, are always making them feel good or elevated and, you know, just like that, they're just, that's, they're going to look for someone that's like that. It's funny. We were, uh, my oldest and I were in the car driving back uh, from school, I believe, I don't know, month, month and a half ago. And we were talking about boys and she's, she doesn't not really into him too much right now, but she's like, and like the couple of times I've even found a boy, you know, kind of attractive. He was, he was smart and, you know, a little bit quirky and kind of sarcastic. And then she looked at me and I smiled. And she goes, <laughs> Shut. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. He's real and he likes to fight he's real people on social on media. So, yeah. He's real combative on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I'm combative. In, I'm combative in regular life too. You just don't <laughs> around me. Oh yeah. Man. Oh man. Like I said, don't, don't, don't be a prick to me. Cause I'll be a bigger prick. And I promise I can, I can out prick you. Yeah. yeah. That's always been a good, that's always a good thing to live by. Like I'm not done. I got, I got time. I always have time for this. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I will stay up all night. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be there. And you'll have notifications in the morning. If you really want to go at it. <laughs> well, and it's fun sometimes. Like I said, I, the, the most fun for me to be fair are the people that I that don't know me in real life and engage me on Facebook and try to tell me that, well, you wouldn't be that way to me if I was, you know, if we were in the same room mm. and mm. then the people who've known me since I was eight years old are usually like, Oh yeah, he, he, he would be just as big a prick. <laughs> oh man. So we were talking so about going up. We were talking about China. Yeah. One of my favorite things like the last few weeks is like hearing more and more reports, reading more reports about how like, yeah, China is kind of a, yeah, yeah. Kind of um, statistically doing great on paper, I guess it seems like it, but yeah, they're having some major like structural issues in their, in their society. Depends on what stats you're looking at. They're, they're pretty heavily in debt right now. Um, yeah, there's a lot of phony money, like a lot of weird uh, ghost towns they've built. That yep. um, yeah. And their demographic collapse, given the male to female ratio, plus the cultural ingraining of the one child rule, even though China has opened it up now and will allow, and says, hey, couples, you need to have three children. The one child thing has become such a part of their culture. Most couples are still sticking with only one child. And they're like, well, it's easier to feed, clothe, and educate one yeah, child than like, three. Like, you're wrong to something here. Yeah, the, like two kids sure does seem like a pain in the ass. Yeah, so, yeah. China so, is not the China has done a lot to itself. We'll see what happens in the next 25 years, but that might make them more dangerous because dying empires, even if they're not strong, tend to lash out in an attempt to save themselves. And that's mm-hmm. where things can get dangerous. Yeah, the fact that they're all men, like you got a bunch of angry dudes that like don't have a lot going on for them. And it's like, hey, you go fight over here, you might be a hero and you get your pick. You know, it's like put a bunch of men together with no women. They'll they'll get aggressive fast. Oh, yeah. Now, that's like I don't think that's 
they'll be aggressive, but in the end, they don't like, you know, I think, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not a warrior, but like, that's not something that, uh, you know, that that's not something that uh, in the end is uh, valuable. I think to a human is like some fake thing. It's like, no, like a real hometown, like that you want to go back to that has like, that isn't, you know, like they, I, I guess what I'm saying is they know deep down, like this is all bullshit. This is a, this is a totalitarian regime. And, you know, it's not like the Americans that went to world war two that were dreaming of their sweetheart back in their hometown where there was freedom and like apple pie and baseball mm-hmm. games. Like they're like, Oh, my hometown's a shithole where the government came and rounded us all up last month. So like, I really yeah. don't have any, like you can, you can inject me full of patriotism, but it's like, it's all, when it, it's not real. Yeah. But just, I mean, if you've got a few extra million bodies to just throw at a problem. And yeah. You don't have to worry about them dying. Um, well, we can make, you, we can make them like, I, I hope our, our commanders are like, well, how do we make a few million bodies go, go bye-bye real quick? Oh yeah. We, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. we have that capability. Cause you can't hide that. You can't hide, you know, all millions of soldiers like that. But allow me to take issue with one thing and commit a heresy here. I hate apple pie. Yeah. Uh, apple pie needs to be a, a real specific texture doneness and has to have ice cream. It has to be the only way, oh, with the ice cream. The only way it's good uh, is it's not apple pie. It's chocolate and you've got real cream <laughs> or chocolate syrup. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not the, it's not the actual apple in the apple pie because those are kind of slimy, you know, in the end it's, it's like the sweetness, the cinnamon, cinnamon. the crust, you know, if they could somehow make the apple in the apple pie, not slimy. Who's got good idea talking? Uh, that's the eight-year-old going to a safer place. <laughs> yeah. uh, don't call the child protective services oh on me, people. <laughs> playing Fortnite, boy. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's I kind close of a, my door mostly because either my children will walk in or they'll hear me speaking loudly and possibly cussing, and my wife doesn't <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I I finish up and I leave and I go downstairs and they're all you know my wife and my son are still awake and they're just like man, what were you yelling about? Like, what were you talking about? Like, like what? Cause I'd, I'd talk like it they, as if they can't hear me, but I guess. Sometimes yeah. They can. He's like taxes yelling about taxes. Yeah. Well, this morning it was uh right before I left for work. Well, schools were closed today here. I told you there yeah. was a, the backup generator didn't work at the yeah. headquarters. So 75 buildings couldn't function. That sucks. 75 schools couldn't open in our district because the backup generator at the headquarters didn't was broken. It's, it's amazing. I could go on for hours about this. Cause like they released this letter that said the, uh, the uh, district knock getting all like mission impossible, like Jack Ryan terms on us. They said it was compromised. <laughs> like <laughs> they said the storm compromised the district knock, which is like yeah. network operations center, like the district knock. And, Meanwhile. uh, and like at the last sentence was when we attempted to use the backup generator, it worked for a short while, but then experienced a mechanical failure. So I was just like, so basically the backup generator broke and no one could go to school. Just say it that way. Yeah. But it was like, is this what you're teaching our kids to like mm-hmm. make up, to just like make up eight paragraphs <laughs> of bullshit about the, uh, the district knock was compromised. It's like, no, we had bad weather. You know, 
like the generator went down, the backup generator, no one, no one tested it. So when they started the backup generator, it blew up. <laughs> and now all the kids are home. You got like, whatever. It's like, I forget what the number was, like tens of thousands of kids at home with their parents today. Send them to some one room schoolhouse. That strict school yeah. mom has got the ruler. They can swat them on the, the wrist. But what I was going to say, so as I was leaving for work today, I was walking out of the bedroom. My wife and my son were laying there watching TV, and it was a commercial for Paxlovid. Oh, one of the drugs. <laughs> yeah, I started, yeah, I started yelling at the TV and then stormed out. They thought it was funny, but I got my message home. Um, I I was kind of going off on I I I think I mentioned it on our uh, endless ranchers chat. I don't think I said it uh, last week, but every week it's like a new kind of school teaching that you know he comes home with. So you, you I, did I mention this? He was I was going over the yeah. Let me well, set the stage. So you know yeah. I'm I'm in you know whatever issues I have uh-huh. you know, backup generators. I'm in Texas, so like I'm not yeah. too worried about curriculum here. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Russ probably similar, probably similar area where you know Tennessee and my yeah. kids are in a private Christian school. So yeah, like oh. he's, his teachers have a you know have a healthy fear of God and yes. him and yeah. him and parents and them. So, but Rob is in an area where it's like, yeah, the the subject line in those emails from school are just like bend over, parents. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> they're teaching the kids. They're teaching him to be a a, a victim basically because. Uh, this uh, the the vocabulary words for this week was uh i guess what was it Un- unfair yeah there you go unfair first of all why are you teaching unfair oh unfair like, we would, we would taunt each other with life's not fair with like we would taunt each other when we were kids with life's not fair if someone yeah, ever said I, that. yes i remember my middle school uh, science teacher mr donna donahoe he was uh, i think he was a vietnam veteran he 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 told us. He said, "I don't want a- anybody saying the word unfair in class. You can use unequitable. That I remember him saying that unequitable. I don't want to hear the word unfair, but that was his vocabulary word. And then he goes, uh, unfair laws. And I'm like, what what what? Um, he goes, what'd you say? He goes, unfair laws. I'm like, where'd you get that? Oh, uh, you know, back in 1950 something." It, you know, they were still going 2023. <clears throat> like, yeah. I, like I, I understand and I know unfair laws exist, but that's all they teach them. Like unfair this and attack on that. And that we're, it's, um, 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 I, I don't know. I don't know. So now every time I have a chance to go to like a physical in-person parent teacher, I'm, I'm going to be there. Um, We've got one, I think next week or two weeks from now. There's a lot to be um, said for just showing up and looking real aggravated all the time. Yeah, I'm it's afraid of that. Just like what's going, like everything you look at, you're like you just give off the vibe like they yeah. spent money on this. Like look at yeah. this, they spent money on that. Like just give off a vibe of like, yeah, you know, of like contempt. Yeah, that's what I yeah. do. Um, yeah. So now they're they're celebrating Women's History Month this month at the school. Um, so you do real I, women or trans? Women? Yeah, they exactly. are. Well, come on, I mean, Russ. That's what you should. That's what, you should teach them that. Like every time they're like, "Today we're celebrating women's history." You should teach them be like, "Yeah, we are." Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, I don't know if y'all saw that Hershey's decided to celebrate Women's History Month by putting a trans woman, <laughs> aka a biological male, on the uh, on the, the bar of chocolate. No, man. There's gonna be so many people skipping <sighs> that Hershey's bar 
and buying another Hershey's product because well, they have why, no idea. They have no idea Andy that everything. Wire literally just came out with their own chocolate bar. Yeah. <laughs> one is, one is it. for boys, one is for girls. The one for boys has nuts. <laughs> so some people, it's brilliant, yeah, what they did and how fast they came up with that. But it's like some people, they're not going to do that, but they're going to like make a choice, you know, just from the stuff they hear, they don't like the sound of that. So when they, they're not going to pick up the Hershey's bar at the CVS, but they're going to pick up the payday or whatever it is. But that's like also, that's just a Hershey's bar. All, yeah, all I ask is saying, it's like, and that's what, that's what really like, that's what really makes me mad about this Hershey's thing is not, yeah. not what they're trying to do. Not the social message. It's the fact that we allow like all these, we basically allow monopolies on just the things we love. We allow like one company to purchase every fucking candy. Oh yeah. Mars. Like if you want candy, you're going to support Hershey's hiring a dude to be their spokeswoman. So if you, or you have to sign up for a subscription, you know, like to. So so what else are they doing in the the classroom to celebrate international women's? You know, I don't know. I, I just feel like they're going to, you know, every week they're asked to wear something, um, you know, wear this day, wear that day. I'm, I'm afraid that they're going to tell the kids to wear their, you know, mom's favorite tampon or something to school. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, so far, <laughs> I don't know. All I ask, you know, with, going back to the chocolate bars and all that stuff, keep, keep the veins on my, my Snickers bar, please keep the dick veins on there. <laughs> don't take them away. That's crazy. How, like, that's what kills me about like, yeah, I'm not. Like that Hershey's or Mar- whatever, whoever owns Hershey's, because yeah. it's probably not that. They just they uh, they they just own like, you know, if you go to CVS, they own like three quarters of the candy bars that are at that checkout. Yeah. You're just mm-hmm. trying to like get your kids something nice, and it's like, no, you're supporting some crazy stuff. For I don't I don't know why. I don't know they, why. Yeah, because they get yelled at by people. That's all it is. They're ca- they cave to yeah. one group because they think the other group is going to continue to buy from them. And they, well, and also, and they don't really care because they know that the person is just going to buy another one of their products and they just have no idea. Because I think, I think most people like very, like most people don't realize like that, you know, half the grocery stores in their town, like they're, they're named different, but they're owned by the same company. Well, yeah, yeah, that's probably, I mean, look at, I mean, I'll go back to the world of publishing for authors. Most folks will go to this, you know, puffin books or you know, all this other stuff, not realizing that there are five major publishing houses out there. Everything else is a subsidiary. It just belongs to something else. People should be worried that that's happening. That doesn't, it's not publishing. It's not grocery store. It's every industry. Every industry is consolidating into fewer and fewer owners. And whatever they decide is like the correct way to be. So, you know, the correct social things to believe in, like you're just not going to escape it. Yeah, like you well, but there, the backlash is is beginning, um, and I think it's going to be. I a, hope so. I think it's going to be a bad backlash. I mean, you, you. I don't know if you saw how quickly Coke backed down after some of the stuff they put out. Um, they they tried to Puffin Books, which is a subsidiary of Penguin, tried to censor Roll Dolls books, you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and stuff, and mm-hmm. they've kind of backed down where they say. Well, we'll publish the sensitive ones and we'll publish the non-sensitive ones alongside, which basically to me says we're going to try to wait out the storm and then we'll do whatever the hell we want. Oh, to me, that means that 
they're just going to get, they're going to go full steam ahead on all the books that you haven't heard of. Yeah. But the one author that, you know, had BFG or had whatever, uh, uh, yeah, drawn a blank on whatever the his other famous work was that's made into a movie, like those will be safe, but like every, everything else is going to be that you're not seeing on the headlines. That'll be, that'll be all edited. So yeah, I wonder. I think there is a backlash, but then I think by the time the backlash happens, um, well, by the time everybody realizes what's happened, like you're going to have two choices for your food Kroger or Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah I, don't think, I, don't, I don't see the hippies giving up Trader Joe's or, you know, Trader Joe's. Like that, that's the thing. Like people think that Trader Joe's is some kind of hippie Trader Joe's is, is like owned by a German multinational supermarket corporation. I know this cause I love telling my mom that cause she, she loves Trader Joe's. She thinks there's an actual guy named Trader Joe, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, mom, you know, it's owned by the same company as Aldi because they have a bunch of Aldi supermarkets pop up here and they're really super cheap and nothing's a name brand. But it's like it's the same German company that owns both those grocery stores. So it's like, man, that's like we're, yeah, I don't know. I'll be I'll be done with that subject for now. But I, all right, my last question would be on all these things like Ross, like who's doing this? Like who is uh, who is kind of keeping us fighting against each other? Who is like who wants us to be a segregated nation that just like just just wants us fighting about a race even more than they did 20, 30 years ago, like. Who like no one wants no one wants a dude dressed up as a woman as the Hershey bar <laughs> spokesperson. Like, well, I think it's who's uh, doing this stuff. What's well, going on? It's a combination. I don't think there's any one conspiracy. I don't yeah. think humanity is. What's the driving force? Is what I'm saying. Like what? Well, some of it is a lot of what's going on today with like some of the the new equity stuff, some of the stuff Robbie that you're mentioning in schools is a lot of people I think are for lack of a better word, pissed off. They missed the civil rights movement. They mm-hmm. have a desire to fight injustice and iniquity and they missed it. And so they're going to create stuff. Yeah. Um, one of the things I always bring up is that, you know, yes, racism, for example, exists, but I think yes. our demand for the supply, our demand for racism outstrips the supply nowadays. For example, we want to be seen as fighting on the right side and if there's no side to fight on, we will create it so that we can look virtuous. Yeah, 100%. I tell the kid, I, you know, I think I told you guys, uh, I put a Lil Wayne interview on uh, and I showed him and it, he was talking about a story about how he shot himself when he was a kid and all his friends ran, ran off, jumped over his body, ran off. And the police officers and the white man, a police officer saved his life. And so he says, he goes, uh, basically said, you know, black life matter, you know, white man saved my life, a police officer. So I, I don't know. It's yes. Like you said, racism exists. Just, uh, you know, just don't, I don't know. Just don't let it. What's well, like, you're sure. it's like there's a, there's a, there's a clan rally, for example, with where there's eight Klansmen, but they're outnumbered by the 20 reporters that are covering it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. This, yeah, going kind of to that. Um, look, if if at a college there's a uh, white power, um, you know, a, a speaker, um, you know, yeah, go ahead, do your thing if you want to, or in a public place, do your thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see who it is, and I want to know who you are. Obviously, if you can, you can have your own opinion of whatever. 
as long as you don't touch me or you don't try and physically hurt me. Okay. I'll just, I like you to expose yourself and now I'll just watch who yeah. you are. And well, that, that's an argument I had with somebody when they were talking, I've been amazed by the number of people who have over the last year or two argued against free speech. Mm. And I'm like, no, look, the solution is not less speech. The solution is more speech. The solution is you expose those ideas to mockery and ridicule. But going back to what you were talking about, you know, I'd say of all of the so-called racial incidents I've read about on campuses, well over 90% of them turn out to be somebody just trying to draw attention to themselves mm-hmm. who was not yeah. even part of the so-called oppressive group. They were one of the oppressed groups that were trying to draw attention to something. It happened at the Air Force Academy. It happened, I just read about it at, uh, I don't remember the name of the school, but there's another school where uh, to protest free speech, there were some folks from the LGBTQ community had written anti-LGBTQ slogans on a wall and they got yeah. caught. Uh, it's, it, you know, Jesse, everybody knows Jesse Smollett or as, uh, <clears throat> as Dave Chappelle called him, Juicy Smollier. Oh, the Frenchman, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the the demand outstrips the supply for a couple of reasons. Like I said, people want to feel like they're fighting something. But the other thing, to be fair, it's hard to get out of this. People take empowerment from being a victim. If I'm a victim, well, then you owe me sympathy. I have a louder voice now because I have some kind of victim credibility and people will play into that mentality. Um, it's just, it for some people, it feels good to play the victim because then they get all the sympathy. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think that's that's the that's the part of humanity that the the masses that they prey on. But like, man, like someone is like someone's just plucking those strings all the time. Oh, there are there are Hollywood are, legacy media. Well, even, I mean, yeah. if you look at it, you know, God, has, God has kind of not done a very good job recently of of creating supervillains because uh-huh. if you look at like from George Soros to Klaus Schwab. Yeah, um, they they're like almost comical supervillains. It's not yeah. hiding anything. It's, it's not like, I think I can. It's like I think I could push this guy down and break a hip. Like I, mean, I don't, I don't like, think this on. guy could survive COVID even. Like I mean, one of the reasons I think I think we look at these guys with skepticism is like God, you you can't really be this open with how evil these people are, right? They, yeah, they yeah. have to hide it in some way. Yeah. Well. There's a weird thing about humans too that yeah like that you know it's not like he didn't it's not like he didn't make good supervillains it's like he made you know like we are like really like you could just be right in our faces being like yeah 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 like Bill Gates is just going around talking about how we need to like cut population oh, <laughs> like yeah he's just, yeah he's just telling you what's up like it's like there's no hiding it and people yeah. are just like I, I don't know exactly no, one, no one's like, like you know obviously like many people don't do not like him but for the most part he's got a lot of he's got a big checkbook so just like mm-hmm. yep it's like the woman that was sounds good the, the woman at the world economic forum who told i believe it was brian stelter that uh she's she's from the eu and you know how the eu cracks down on speech she was like well you folks in the u.s you will have these anti-hate speech laws soon too i'm like honey you have no idea what our cultural traditions are and how badly that will get fought you just it was said with the dismissiveness of oh we know it's best for you so therefore yeah you will adopt our standards one day it's yeah. like no go mm-hmm. screw yourself 
maybe we will, but man, it's going to be a, it, it's going to be a step to the end. You know? It's going to be also it's, violent. If it, yeah. If that's it comes that's to that. just creating more of those things where you're just going to be pitting people against each other, pitting citizen against state, you know? Yeah. You know who could be like a super villain in training? I'm not sure. I, I don't know him well, but you know, he seems like a really nice, friendly guy when he Pete talks. Buttigieg? <laughs> no. Gentle. <laughs> and, he's like gentle when he talks and very soft-spoken. Uh, Justin Trudeau, you know, Canada. Oh, oh he's already right. a super villain. Yeah, yeah. You mean Fidel Castro's son? It's yes. like, exactly. Man. He looks just like his dad. Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> Trudeau has taken Canada down a dark path. There's There is a conservative opposition leader i think his name is uh polivar mm-hmm. yeah power i mean i've heard him speak he's he's got some stuff down the problem is he's gonna have to overcome the the quebec montreal toronto electoral folks yeah they have similar problems to us you know they have they have uh, elites that are just super progressive and and very powerful and just win, suicide and just win they just win the cultural battle all the time and they've got a lot of like regular people they're just like what the fuck's happening here and they just can't stop it they can't stop it you know there's just too well, much it, money marketing media behind it like that's the thing is the cultural institutions are all controlled by them i mean from entertainment entertainment the media and education if you control the cultural levers of power, you can control the momentum, or at least yeah. you can control the perception of momentum. Yeah, that's kind of like you know my answer to the who, who's really kind of doing all this. It's like, well, we we do it to ourselves, but it's it's the media. It's like legacy media, Hollywood, like like stereotypes are good for business, racism, like people, like this group being against other people. That's like that's like money-making stuff in Hollywood, you know, meet, whether you're selling the new, whether you're selling the news, whether you're selling uh, arms, the next blockbuster movie, like that you need to have some kind of tension and, you know, what's easier than just like, well, it's just like, well, these guys are like Hispanic guys and these guys are white guys and these guys are black guys and Asian guys. And like, who needs to have uh, you know good story writing and exposition where we just have these stereotypes where people are at each other's throats all the time and yeah it just it just sells really well. Yeah, well, the outrage That's industry it. will never will never go broke because human yeah. beings are predisposed to the to outrage. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that you know these are the and it's just frustrating because these are the people that are the you know I don't think we've even said this word these are the super woke people Hollywood that are telling us how to live I almost and said how it to earlier. be and how to yeah it's like crazy yeah. <laughs> Uh, these are the these are the the ones that are telling us all these ways to be and live and like what's okay and it's like oh you're also this they're the same ones that are just perpetuating violence gun violence you know like beef violence two, rap violence whatever these are just they're just fueling they're too it. cowardly to speak out I, you talked about watching a joe rogan clip earlier i watched one actually today where he had matthew mcconaughey on uh matthew mcconaughey was talking about uh he's religious he says and I'll go for that Hollywood crap of I'm spiritual, not religious. He said, no, I'm religious. But it pained him when he, he said, it pains me when I go up there and I accept this award and I start talking about my faith. And mm-hmm. I see people in the audience who literally I have been in a room praying with and they'll mm-hmm. start to applaud and they'll look around to see yeah. right, this is going to hurt my resume. And then they'll sit on their hands. Yeah. So yeah. There's a lot of, you know, it's hypocrisy and it's fear. It's. That's why you know Richard Nixon's silent majority is an actual thing, but it's a 
one of the reasons why I'm such a pain in the ass, whether it's in person or online, is because for every person that speaks up, there are 10 to 20 who would like to speak up but won't because they feel they'll be alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just there's there's definitely an element to that. You just you just put it out there because there'll be someone that walks by and sees it that's just like, okay, good, good. Yeah. Someone else, someone else realized this is bullshit. <laughs> yep. At least one person out there. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that just the people that want to preach to us the most, you know, are running thing running things and deciding like what is popular culture, like who's gonna be the popular rapper, like what's gonna be the popular movie. And yeah. Yeah, and they're the ones that really perpetuate these things and keep everybody segregated, which is yeah, it's just they, they try to perpetuate, like for example, popular movies, but they fail badly with like the, the all female Ghostbusters, and yeah, I guarantee yeah. you, this new Peter Pan is going to be an absolute flaw. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's bad, but it's like you know, just just racism, crime, like uh, stereotypes, like one group not liking another. That's the kind of stuff that that they perpetuate you know, mm -hmm. to no end. And, uh, I don't know. I don't think it's like as consumer driven, you know what I mean? It's like, I get why they always play storm watch on the news because that's, you know, consumer driven, like people want to watch storms and like whatever and, and doomsday. But like, I don't know Wait. that people want to see like, uh, just, uh, you know, contrived template driven stereotype, you know, gangbanger versus, white yeah, that kind of thing but if they play it enough they can create consumers of it yeah i don't know but then it's it's the same thing it's like as people figure it out that uh oh man you mean like uh like filling my young children's head with rap music for the last 20 years actually has kind of turned into them like being kind of aggressive and having like a beef mentality with everybody <laughs> like yeah oh maybe that wasn't such a good idea or or if you want to kind of go to the right hey, who, was, uh, who was doing that Hey, who, whose decision was it to make all those guys huge stars and put them on KFC buckets? You know, <laughs> who who did that? Uh, if you want, if you watch Fox News, uh, you know, have you noticed that they're always like selling like gold and, you know, bullion? <laughs> William Devane. Yeah. And William also Devane is a financial genius, apparently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> and not just that, but they 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 sell. Uh, don't they also sell like like MREs and, you know, pack like emergency packs? Because we're always so worried some I, of that I, like bulk like, catheters like yeah, yeah that too yeah. They, they all do that the the media and everything but well, like themselves are out to make a buck yeah yeah well like russ i was saying uh going back to matthew mcconaughey another person that's kind of well i'm uh, not, not well 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 spoken but outspoken uh is uh chris uh, pratt what do you think of him i like chris pratt now yeah. there's a there's actually was just a controversy in the news again today because um, he's been cast in the new Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, yeah. Can't and wait for the movie. don't like that because he's religious. Yeah. Now, they, people hate him. I will say this. First of all, he's not too in your face, but I don't know if y'all ever saw the MTV speech he gave a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did, yeah. He, was he was very clever with that because he intermixed humor and some other things in with the religious talk. He did. So it didn't seem overwhelming. I like Chris Pratt. He's never it was positive. I remember that speech. It was po It was just positive. Yep. So there's a way to, you know, there's a way to put it out there. Well, and you know who else actually puts out positivity and you wouldn't, you wouldn't really know it unless you, you dug in is Ashton Kutcher. Mm. Um, I don't know if you ever heard him talk about the value of work and the value it's, he's yeah. done pretty well. Chris Pratt talks about it. I, I like him. Yeah, and yeah. 
Hollywood can't cancel Pratt right now because too many people like him. They yes. Need, they need to turn him into a villain like they did James Woods before they can cancel him. Yeah. I tried to, yeah. uh, I think that it's the whole, the fact that we're even cons- like talking about the faith of some celebrity is, uh, is kind of part of the problem. So, uh, you know, back to like kids, like I really try to tell my kids like celebrities don't give it. Like, I understand why you know all their names, but they don't give a damn about you. No. Like they don't matter. Like you should be more concerned about our neighbor, you know, like, you know, neighbor's kid's dad, like what his, you know, what his, uh, morals are than like Chris Pratt and what, whatever. I know I, like culturally I get it. Like, but it's all, it's also, it's like, uh, we value this. It's like, uh, this, so the whole celebrity thing is, um, well, it, yeah. one of the things it, it revolves around, I mean, this may be a little bit too esoteric to go out there, but is it's an evolutionary thing. You see people who are successful, you're drawn to them because you're drawn to success. Success protects and secures the group. If you can be part of that success, you have a better chance at being successful yourself is the way we were brought up. Now we were never biologically designed to be in mass media cultures. You you know, the, the head chief or the guy who had, you know, the four wives, that's the guy you want to hang around because he was successful. That's now all that does is that's turned into, you know, Chris Pratt and Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a weird thing. I tried to instill that my kids like just, just to get a, not to value, not to worry about, celebrity birth like just not to value it so much you know i mean people were saying that 30 years ago like americans just human humans americans especially like obsession with celebrity was like how shitty their lives turn out was like becoming a really for whatever reason yeah just the schadenfreude you know the obsession the living out you know like living out through some you know living through someone else whatever like finding something that's just not reality to like, to like improve your reality, you know, um, to stay away from that. Just remember the, the worst, like, well, I'll stop talking soon, but like the worst commercial from the super bowl (laughs) to me wasn't the grossest commercial. wasn't cocaine bear. It was the, was it Bradley Cooper with his mom for T-Mobile or whatever wireless service. Like, I don't even remember. That's how like the war, I don't even remember, but it's like, Apparently, him and his mom have an incredible relationship, right? But it's like I've I've heard, yes, I've heard that he is very much a mama's yeah, boy, right? But it's like so the entire the commercial was there was no real writing or anything. It was just a display of his relationship with his mom. So like basically, T-Mobile was taking like him. He sold this beautiful thing he has, right? With it, like he does, like really, he sold that to T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. So they could be like, oh, how, you know, to like people that don't know you, they don't know you or your mom, they don't, you know, what yeah. the, you know, what the hell, you know, you know, they don't, you don't know them. Like, so they could sell more, get more, like give more free iPhones away for two year plans and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know, something that maybe I'm, I'm maybe just getting older and, you know, more cynical. That, that, yeah. But that was like, that was like, that was like gross to me. Cause it's like, it's not even funny. There's no writing. You're just selling this very real and beautiful thing that these two people have. Yeah. Like you're making it artificial, you know, to sell data plans. And it's like, I get it. You know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he takes all that money and he gives it to charity and, you know, it's, it's amazing, but it's like, 
I don't know. That was like a, that was just a really boring commercial that I thought was kind of, yeah. I actually didn't all because he's famous and good looking and like all because like just what's that? I actually didn't pay too much attention to the commercials this year. They kind of, yeah, I didn't either years ago when the Super Bowl commercials, like every other one seemed to be about domestic violence. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, why isn't there more? I mean, I mean, what, (laughs) what? Yeah. Yeah. Every commercial. You're not sure how the NFL falls on that one. Like they're like more or less. It was like back in 2015. It was like every other one was like, if you've been a victim of domestic violence, you need to call this number or you should take this, you know, antidepressant if you're a victim yeah. of domestic violence and i'm like geez, what the what kind of memo yeah, went it, out i think it has been said that some of the commercials have kind of been like uh watered down a bit just because like i don't know i guess at some point you can only have like maximum flavor on every bite for so long and then <laughs> eventually like everybody's like all right man we gotta like you know like not every commercial needs to be eight billion dollars and the most bl- you know blow your mind like my favorite one of my favorites was uh the breaking bad one ever for uh the pop chips or whatever yeah i, I didn't watch a single one brian cranston and jesse yeah. whatever's face and it was funny because i just because i've watched the show before yeah but, yeah yeah but i had actually seen the commercial like a week before because brian cranston just shared it on his twitter well yes uh-huh. thing the color so, like it was it was just it was already out there like a week <laughs> in advance and that was you know, a super bowl commercial remember i mean when i was when i was a kid when i was in high school or even in college you have the reason to watch the Super Bowl, mostly because they were the Super Bowls were all blowouts back in the late 80s and early 90s, was to find out what cool commercials were going to be on. Now they show yeah. all the commercials, you get them a week in advance. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Literally, this is a this is a this is a stat, a fun fact for our listener Sean. Literally, statistically <laughs> speaking, yeah, the most common thing to do is root for the Buffalo Bill. Like Emmy says topic. happy Friday, by the way. He's watching. So we got okay. another listener. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it was to an- yeah. Statistically speaking, more people rooted for the Buffalo Bills in that period than you know, <laughs> yeah. any other team. <laughs> Just with sheer numbers, you know, being there yeah. four times. Yeah, that was so sad. <laughs> they if they had won two of those Super Bowls, they'd have been considered one of the greatest dynasties ever. But that losing four in a row, despite getting the four Super Bowls being very hard, they were seen as you know perennial losers. Was that Jim Kelly all four years too? Yep. Man. Did you ever see the ESPN commercial with him where Adam Vinatieri goes there at the airport? Adam Vinatieri walks through the metal detector and it goes off. It's like, oh, it takes off a Super Bowl ring. It goes through and it goes <laughs> off again. It takes off like two or three of them. <laughs> and then at the end, Jim Kelly walks through and it, nothing happens. He's uh, looking around. That's <laughs> messed up. <laughs> Sad. Uh, well, we've had a good time here. We've, uh, yeah, we've gone on oh, solid two hours. Yeah, it's um, it's past my bedtime. I'm I'm yeah. too old. I'm about ready to get started. I got a new smoker today, so I'm about to finish putting it together so I can season it tomorrow. You enjoy that. I'm, I'm gonna be going to bed soon. Things. Yeah. I'm a party guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh but we really appreciate it, man. It's always great catching up with you. And I, you know, it was a pretty easy week. I didn't have a lot planned because I knew that once we talked about two or three things, it would just go to yeah, you know, we'd fill a couple hours. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's great to be here. I I always like talking to you guys. One of the reasons why yeah. I try to show you the happy hours is just it's it's great great to be able to engage. Yeah. Well, I know that also I've been, you know, we've been texting for a couple months now. I've been we've been trying to figure something out because I know like uh with the two grumpy bastards available on all your podcast platforms as uh I've been on a hiatus. So I know you've just got a lot of built up stuff to say. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> but we'll also just so y'all know, we'll the, the bastards will be back hopefully nice. within the week, and uh, we'll have to do some more crossover stuff here some point soon. Like I said, uh, as we come back, we'll we'll let y'all know what was going on on the hiatus, and cool, uh, we'll do some more crossovers and and be talking some more. Yes, sir. Look forward well, to it. I hope Russ yeah. uh, learned some of uh, military things from my. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. the, the the male and female <laughs> tank thing I did not know. Okay, yeah, yeah. I need a fact checker. So thanks, Russ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was do. That was a little dubious. I don't know about that. One. <laughs> I'll look it up. But for right All now, right. I'll count it as a thing you have taught me. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and uh, being here, and thanks for listening. We appreciate it. This is Chris. Uh, get it on. This is Rob. Get it on. This is Russ. Take it off. It's so good to be a white man again. What is up? This is producer Mole Man with your plugs. First off, if you want to find us on Facebook, look up Endless Randers Podcast and you'll see us join up, have fun, mingle with all the listeners, throw in some shade at us if you want. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter, it is Endless Randers. Instagram is Endless Randers Podcast. If you want to reach out to us individually, you could find Chris on Twitter at GratefulRed1, and one is a number, not the actual word spelled out, so GratefulRed and then the number one. Robbie Spotlight, you can find him across all socials under the Robbie Spotlight name. You could find me under How We Figure, Twitter, Instagram, and the podcast. And thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Get it on.